Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, the showdown between the internet and Wall Street. So maybe it's a sign of the kind of post-Trump news cycle or news slump that people this week have been obsessed about this retailer called GameStop and this power play between hedge funds that have been betting that the company will decline in value and a ton of individual investors, many of them organized through Reddit, who have been trying to drive the stock up and have been doing so very successfully. And what's fascinating to me about this story is that the narrative around what's happening is is sort of fuzzy. On the one hand, you have this notion that this is a kind of a reckoning. It's a kind of move against the power of Wall Street uh, in which people are finally having a voice to sort of like take down some of these big money players. But other people are saying it's not quite that simple and the characters aren't that aren't actually that clearly defined. So it's it's fascinating to me. And it's a good way to also talk about how money is covered in journalism. So I'm really happy to be joined by Amber Jameson, who's a reporter for BuzzFeed News. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great that you're here. Um, and in addition to reporting for BuzzFeed, Amber also co-hosts a podcast called Get Money and authors a newsletter called Better Have My Money. And she's written about this GameStop story for BuzzFeed News. So before we get into like what what is this all about really, what's the latest just factually? So the, is the stock still going up? It is still going up. It's up like 74% today. Um, you know, we've had trades are back allowed on Robinhood and other apps that had sort of uh, halted trading so that they could basically have enough money to be able to handle the um, commissions and, and trades happening. Uh, and it is still going up for now. We're also getting a lot more information out today about uh, the person called Deep Fucking Value, also known as Keith Gill, like a 34-year-old from Massachusetts, who's kind of the seen as a bit of like the folk hero of this entire movement, who is the person who put in $50,000 in GameStop um, last year and is now worth like, I think it's like 45 to $50 million um, based on that alone. And he's kind of been this like big folk hero the whole time. And a lot more information has come out. He talked to the Wall Street Journal. I spent all yesterday trying to talk to him and I knew I wouldn't get him, but instead the Wall Street Journal got him. That's fine. That's what, that's how happens in journalism. I, but you know what? I also thought you shouldn't go to a publication that won't even print your actual username, but it is what it is. Yeah. And, and what did we learn about him that we didn't know before? Basically is that he's a normal guy. Like he just is like a four year old guy who's like done some trading. He's a dad of a two year old. He lives in the burbs and he's like, that's the, I think the whole, the reason people are so obsessed with the story. And I think you are right that it is like a clear example of like post Trump freedom. Like everyone's just enjoying having like a fun story. Um, is that this guy is just like a, weird guy who is, likes stocks and thinks they're interesting and fun and like records YouTubes where he's like in a bandana drinking a beer and like having a Prosecco chatting about like why he thinks GameStop could be like good because you know actually like even if it's not as sexy as like even if it's actual retail stores aren't that sexy you know there's like video games and video game consoles have had a huge interest and that this stock um, that he saw that actually had like actual value in it um, and wasn't being valued in the same way by others. And, you know, that he sort of felt like it was uh, a way for people to to get, a, you know, excited and interested in stock. So I think that's, I think the main thing is like, really, it's just like someone who thought that this was a fun, interesting thing to be involved in. And it's not necessarily, I mean, he is a certified financial, um, 
the CFA. Is that Certified Financial Accountant? I can never remember what it stands for. But the I think it's analyst. The analyst is that what it is? Um, but anyway. he has he has a background like in trading. He has worked, you know, in uh, financial services firms before. Um, but you know, it's not that he is some multi millionaire, billionaire, Wall Street, super slick guy, but more of like the kind of idea of, I guess, of like the millennial internet trader. Although the fact that he has $50,000 sitting around to yes. throw into something like this makes he, him not like a lot of everyday internet traders, right? That's the thing I often think about a lot when people are like, wow, he was able to have 50,000, like he's been able to turn this into 40 million. And it's like, but you have to have a spare 50,000 to do that. Like that yeah. still has yeah. to be a thing you can do. Um, from everything I have seen, including like how much this man's house cost, it's not like he is from a ton of money at all. So it does seem that like he has very much done this as the, that was his whole thing. It's like he's gone all in on one thing as like a big, a big bet, a big YOLO. Um, but I, you are 100% right. And I think it's the thing I have always found the most interesting about uh reporting on stocks and talking about stocks and we've seen a lot this week in the media and also just like the discourse on twitter of like people not understanding how it works and therefore that's one of the reasons why only some people have fifty thousand dollars to be able to play with uh, and others don't yeah so this thing that you just said about you know he just actually legitimately thought gamestop gamestop had value that it was that to talk you know that to dismiss it as as irrelevant in a brick and mortar age was like not not catching whatever the nuance of the company that's a, that's a different storyline um and and super interesting than him approaching this as like hey i've got an opening to like humiliate and bring down some big money people it sounds like from what everything you know and have read that doesn't sound like that was his primary motive right i mean he was he was into the story of this individual company Absolutely. And I definitely think there is like all of these things, there is an element of like, particularly once, you know, you have like all, you know, he's had like hundreds of several hundred thousand people like view his YouTubes and like has been involved in all of his chats on Reddit. Like there is a big discussion where there's an element of like, yes, and we can screw everyone. And I think that is what yeah. interests everybody else, right? Like it's not so exciting. There's yeah. how many, you know, companies actually do have good value if you look at them and like, you know, when you're seeing the, the hedge funds short the fund that actually like maybe there is a way you could get around like that there is that, that stock price will actually increase. There's lots like that, but there's few moments where you have this element where it also helps that it's like not a huge size company uh, and that yeah. Reddit is able to kind of make that change. And I do think that's the thing that like Wall Street Bets has done this in, in various times before. This has happened with other stocks. It happened with, um, is it Tilray? Tilray, they're like pot stock, one of the weed stocks. That had a, that was like, mm -hmm. had a similar thing happen like a year ago where it was like, people got really excited about, um, heavily shorted weed stocks and there has been these moments before where there's kind of this like online discussion and often it's like young millennial guys speaking on reddit and in other you know um social media channels i think this time there's a little there's more abilities of one we've had lots more people have become um have gotten into stocks and trading in the last year you know we've had a lot one, it's like Robin Hood and it's much easier to get on board. And two, just the dynamic of the last year where lots of people suddenly found themselves out of work, sitting at home, not much else to do. And we're, and we're seeing the stock market increase despite watching what was happening in their own community. Mm -hmm. And we're able to get involved and sort of play that way and get, you know, like what else is there to do apart from like, you know, get on Reddit and like 
have a chat with people about like, oh, well, how else can we make money? So there's been quite a few stories coming out. There's been lots of posts. And what that's one of the things that we've been, we're looking at following up right now is this idea of like, who are the people that are making some money on this? And they're not the people who are putting in $50,000 and turning that into 40 million. But there are examples of people who, you know, needed money for to pay health insurance for their dog need for surgery needed money because something could happen in their family and they're trying to figure out ways that they can make money and reddit has provided them with some ways to learn about stocks and make money in that way and also be able to kind of screw everybody else this idea that they can kind of use the tools of capitalism to like mess with it um and you know use the tools that hedge funds and other rich people have used for a long time to make more money and suddenly that's sort of being able to be able to use those tools themselves but don't you think in the end, Wall Street's going to win? Always, of course. But I do think that, but I also actually think, I think that this does change things in um, in a way that it hasn't previously. Because what I think the biggest issue when it has come, like, yes, will Wall Street keep winning? Of course, like, please. But... There are so many people who have never, ever had the information or knowledge or understanding yeah. of how to buy and sell and trade stocks. That, that For some reason, it is not taught in schools. Every financial publication doesn't explain it. There is no, there is so few ways that an ordinary person can learn about it. I work in a highly educated newsroom and most people this week have been like, what, what exactly is happening? Like, yeah. I don't quite follow 100%. Yeah. Like, we do not have this knowledge. It is kept amongst certain groups of people. And so I do think the thing that GameStop is is doing, and that, as in this whole movement is doing, and what I think is happening by places like, you know, like we will, since when is BuzzFeed like doing memes about like movements happening on the stock market? Yeah. Like that's not normally a thing that we would be covering, but it is getting such attention and it's such the, the talk of the day that we are. And I do think that makes a really big difference to how things will go moving forward. And like maybe that means a bunch of people do suddenly start opening accounts and suddenly start like playing with that money and realizing the ways that they can. Like, sure, maybe they can't impact Apple's stock price, but maybe there are smaller ones that they can have these sort of digital attacks that you can call them or ways that people can move around a certain stock. And I think that's really kind of fascinating and interesting, particularly when you have Gen Z who like half of TikTok is just like saying how screwed capitalism is. Like there is a big market for people who are not super impressed with how this like society and capitalism functions. And this is kind of offering them a way to like not destroy it or change, but there is a way to sort of play within it and change it and screw over some people in charge and maybe make some money for themselves. And so I do think there's like a role in education that is happening right now that maybe actually will make it a little, perhaps a little more more even, although I assume that also Wall Street will just get richer and richer. You know, I um, in a previous life, I edited the stocks coverage for the Wall Street Journal. And one of my jobs was to... Oh, this is your fault. One of my jobs was to edit the person who had to write a daily markets column. And, and so the job was like, okay, well, right. we have to say what happened in the stock market today. And I, and I tell you, half the time he would come up to me and said, I have no idea. And I said, well, just just figure, say, say something. <laughs> and he, he didn't know. He didn't know. Uh, and it was his job to know. And it's so <laughs> opaque. And, you know, it's such a closed club. And, and I, just, I, I just think that it's very asymmetric, this battle, I think. Um, how did you get interested in, in stocks and business coverage? 
Because honestly, friends of mine bought weed stocks in Australia and it was up like 300% in like a couple of months. And I was like, what do you mean? How do you buy a stock? How does one do that? Can we do that? Is that legal? Like, can I just buy stocks? Like, I just had no information or knowledge. And so I started Googling and was looking for to find it and would just madly try and ask all of my friends who are all highly educated people and like none of them really had any idea. Um, and so I then just started a newsletter yeah. and started writing about it because I was like, oh, this is really fascinating. Does anyone else care? Um, and immediately people cared. And I am constantly like <laughs> people are always trying to offer me jobs and books, all these things, because like no one writes about the stuff in like a basic way for reasons that I don't understand. And I think it's because either you're a highly specialized business reporter and you well, I guess you're revealing that actually the markets reporter knows nothing. But in my assumption, <laughs> I assume that like they know everything uh, and everybody else we're used to, you know, like that's the joke in most of media, right? Is that like, we don't know how to do maths. Like that's why we're writers. Uh, and so I just think a lot of it is I, so I just found it personally fascinating. And I was like, well, how it's journalism. How else am I going to make money? I mean, I literally used a buyout that I got from when I left the guardian to invest in stocks. Like that's, I was like, I will, I literally was like, it's called my like layoffs fund. Like I'm like, I'll get laid off in this industry. Let's be real. So maybe I can make some investments to increase that money because it's not going to make anything sitting in a bank account. And I think that for me was like, it was this idea of being able to have some level of financial freedom and needing to teach myself of how to do it. And what do you, I mean, apart from this week, which has been this extraordinary surge of interest, what have you learned about? the interest of BuzzFeed readers to this stuff and the, and the willingness of your editors to, you know, be interested in, and, and sort of showcase this kind of, this kind of coverage. People are loving it. People are obsessed. Like our readers are obsessed with it. I actually had seen this story first last Friday and I thought, Oh, that's interesting, but like only interesting if you care about stock, like that's probably not going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. That was a week ago. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday, one of our um, social reporters, um, Lauren Strathgill, who she's amazing at real life. She's great at TikTok. She's like probably one of them in TikTok and, and social reporters. And she was like, oh, have you seen what's happening with GameStop? Do you want to write about that? And I was like, wait, if you like you're hearing about mm-hmm. that, like you think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, yeah, it kind of sounds cool. And I was like, OK. And so when I pitched it to my editor, he was first like, mm, what's the BuzzFeed headline? Uh and then once I was able to like be like, okay, I sort of this idea that like a bunch of redditors are like pissing off all these hedge funds. It was like, oh, actually, that's kind of internet-y and like fun. And I started that Monday morning, and then like it kind of really, I didn't get that story out until Tuesday night, I think. And it didn't really kind of explode until like Wednesday. And then it was what? Yes, I think yesterday was when it was like a one on the New York Times. Yeah. So I definitely think there is like a huge like. There's like both the like more traditional finance, like obviously CNBC and the rest of it were covering it, but like, yeah, it's a big BuzzFeed story. I've had people have been going crazy for it. There's like, so I feel like we're already having like, what are the other GameStop angles? Like how else can we cover this? Because people, all they want to talk about is stonks. Great. Do you think the kind of like, this is the big, you know, the sort of pitchfork idea that, you know, these, this is now the beginning of this kind of revolution against the sort of Wall Street power. You think that that, uh, because a lot of media has really leaned into that. Do you think that that's being sort of like way overplayed or do you think that there is a potential that this could really continue to snowball? I, 
I think it has in many ways been completely overplayed. I definitely think it's a nice, easy media narrative that has gotten a lot of people interested in the story. Um, but I do also think this idea that like it's only mom and pop investors that are making money in GameStop right now is like obviously ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this idea that like, you know, it's suddenly it's just like a few people against like against the hedge funds is just like fundamentally not true, particularly when like, you know, one of the hedge funds, um, the capital research that had been highly involved, like the, the, the guy Andrew left, who's the head of that is like known for being this sort of like activisty uh, shareholder, like, you know, shareholder who does make these like cowboy decisions for shorting stock. So sort of like the idea that you're taking on hedge funds, it's like, well, actually you're sort of taking on like the cowboys of Wall Street anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think any of the narratives are quite clear. I also think people kind of forget that they're, even if you don't own stocks, if you have a 401k, like you have investments in yeah. uh, in the share market. And so yeah. the idea that like, yes, let's kind of destroy the stock market. It's like, you actually probably have more in there. Than, like you probably think you have, you own nothing. And actually you do have yeah. um, stocks and investments in there. So I do think there's sort of an element of people not necessarily realizing quite where it goes, but I don't think it's as simplistic as like, this is the beginning of the revolution, but I do think it's the beginning of enough people caring um, and learning more about it. And also just showing that like you can, that like there is how many young millennial investors um, who actually can like are internet literate and can teach themselves and can make a difference and that things uh, are changing uh, in ways that perhaps old school Wall Street boomers were not expecting. Yeah. Let me ask you one more thing about about the redditors who have been behind this. And, and there's been this kind of, and I've, I haven't really seen this fully fleshed out, but I've seen some kind of innuendo that there's a there's a kind of nasty dark side to some of this group that there's overlap between them and some of the Trump people, and that there's like uh, white nationalism and racism and all that mixed into this. Is that is that fake or is that real? I mean, there were 2 million people in this group and there's now 6 million in like uh-huh. four days. Yeah. So like, yes, absolutely. It's definitely full of yeah. like lots of terrible people because there's 6 million of them. Yeah. Um, and there is the tone has always been, I mean, and Martin Screlly was like one of the founders uh-huh. of Wall Street Bets. Uh-huh. So there has always been this kind of like trolly, blokey, like, mm-hmm. you know, like very kind of the cliche of like of the... Reddit reddit internet dude you know like that has always been wall street bets yeah um and there are elements within that that are like darker and grosser um i don't think that's not the majority of what i have seen on wall street bets Mm -hmm. and that's often more in like subsidiary groups off it Mm -hmm. um but yeah definitely there's like lots of you know it's like super you know like they call them meme stocks there's like it's super you know jargony heavy and lots of like everyone just being trolls and cracking jokes and like causing trouble like that is definitely an element of it and some of that also means because it's the internet a bunch of white supremacists and racists and homophobic like derogatory slogans and slurs that are being used because that's the internet yeah so where do you think this goes now does it does it calm down do a lot of other people who hadn't who this hadn't been on their radar just pile into this thing and just keep it going or what is your bet I am very worried about all of the normal people uh, who are 
who have gotten on board, they're like, yes, all the way, let's go to the sky, like rocket emoji, rocket emoji, rocket emoji, um, that have like invested their entire retirement funds mm -hmm. and the rest of it and like that don't get out. Um, that worries me um, because I definitely think that is like the downside that we, that doesn't really ever get the coverage when you have like a stock shoot way up and have a big moment is like all the people who got in way too late and left too late and just didn't make anything and have just, you know, screwed themselves over. Mm. Um, so I'm definitely keen to sort of watch and follow that. Uh, and the rest of where it goes, I mean, you had AOC on Twitch last night um, and there's like a big discussion of what, you know, why did Robin Hood close down its trading? And I definitely, and there's talk of whether that will be something that um, Congress looks at and I definitely think there's going to be like a this it does feel like a moment in that a bunch of stories will like happen off it um, but also it sort of feels nice to have a moment that's not just like a bunch of white supremacists are storming the Capitol and trying to kill people so in some ways it's like oh is this what like post-Trump world will look like is that we can like have uh, actual stories that last more than a day right kind of fun it is kind know? of fun um, Amber it's been great to talk to you it's been lovely to chat. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Read Amber's work at BuzzFeed News. You can follow CGR's coverage of this at our website, cgr.org, and on our daily email newsletter, The Media Today, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.